I'm going to share a story with you this morning, and it's not one of my proudest moments. But I'm glad it happened to me this week because it fits with our message for this morning. This past week, on Tuesday, Pastor Jonah and I went to the Meadowvale Community Center to work out, which is our normal routine. But before this past Tuesday, the last time I was in the gym was Thursday, July 4th. So that was three and a half weeks prior to this past Tuesday. And I think Pastor was probably a week before that. So both of us had spent a week outside of the gym, not working out at all. Needless to say, we didn't do so well, did we? No. Um, I knew I would be a little weaker than I was a month ago. You know, usually if you spend that much time outside of a gym, you can't just pick up where you left off. You can't just automatically lift the same weight that you did a month ago. But I didn't know it was going to be quite this bad. On my last set of bench press, my arms just gave out. They just went dead. I couldn't even lift the bar off of my chest with Jonah pulling as hard as he could to help me up. Pastor, who was talking to one of his friends at the time, had to run over and rescue me before I hurt myself. It's pretty amazing what can happen when you don't work out for a few weeks or a month or even longer than a month. Your muscles get weaker, your body is weaker, you can't lift the same weight. So physical exercise is important to do on a regular basis. You can't take too long of a break. And now, since this is the third sermon in this sermon series, you know where I'm going from here. Spiritual exercise, spiritual fitness, requires regular maintenance as well. You need to be on a regular schedule. And we started out with the basics, learning the proper form. And then last week, we talked about how worship is the core, the, the main exercise of our spiritual fitness. That's where we get all of our strength, all of our power. That's where our faith is strengthened the most. But worship isn't the only exercise we need to do for our spiritual fitness. Worship is certainly a great way to start out the week. It's great to gather with other believers, strengthen each other, have our faith strengthened by the Word of God. But then what happens during the rest of the week? Is one hour a week on Sunday morning enough to last for the next six and seven days? Or do we need to do other spiritual exercises to keep our faith strong? There are many people who believe that if they come to church every Sunday or maybe every other Sunday, once a month, maybe Christmas and Easter, that that's going to keep them spiritually fit. But even though worship is the core, worship is the most important exercise we can do to strengthen our faith, it's not the only exercise we need to do. That's where personal and group Bible studies and prayer help. Those are the perfect auxiliary exercises. Because the core, worship, 
and the auxiliary exercises work together. They complement each other. They, they, they work together to strengthen our faith in ways that, that we can't even imagine, we can't even measure. But the world, on the other hand, wants us to have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, nothing to do with spiritual fitness. The world knows all about physical fitness. There are new workout programs, uh, DVDs, diet programs, weight loss programs out there coming up every single day. But the world doesn't want to have anything to do with spiritual fitness. The world is trying to pull us away from church, pull us away from God on Sunday mornings, but it's also trying to pull us away from God during the rest of the week as well. The world is headed in a downward spiral. We, we can all see that. We can see it in our own lives. We can see it in the news every time we open the newspaper. And especially during these, these summer months when we get really, really busy, we find it harder and harder to carve out maybe five, ten minutes for personal Bible study and prayer every day. We have work. We have appointments. We have schedules. We have deadlines. We have to get the kids to their soccer games. We need to go grocery shopping. We need to go on vacation. We need to clean the house. We need to go here. We need to do this. It gets harder and harder to keep spiritually fit. And yet, spiritual fitness is even more important than physical fitness. We need to spend time in God's Word. We can't forget about our spiritual fitness even when the world is trying to pull us away, trying to divert our attention and take up our time and our energy and our attention. Now, notice what Paul says to young Pastor Timothy in verse 13 of our message lesson for this morning. Evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So the world, that's where Paul is describing the downward spiral that the world is in. The world is getting worse and worse. And not only is the world trying to pull our attention away from, from God and from church and our spiritual fitness, but Paul also mentions imposters. People who claim that they're teaching God's word, claim that they're preaching the true word of God, but they're false teachers. They're taking away the praise and the glory that belongs to Jesus alone, and they're either putting it on themselves or they're putting it on their listeners for, for their salvation. Some teach that God wants you to be happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, and, and He'll do anything to make sure that you're happy. You know, God helps those who help themselves. They're, they're taking what should be God's. They're, they're taking the credit that belongs to God, and they're giving it either to themselves or, or putting it on their listeners. That's, that's why Paul calls them imposters. And so we can, we can see the, the downward spiral because the more they deceive people, 
the more they deceive their listeners, then those people will go out and share that deception. They will start deceiving other people and it just goes back and forth. It, it's, a, it's a cycle. And the reason that Paul describes it as a, as a downward spiral is because we can see the world is getting worse and worse. It's not getting better like some people think it is. So that's why it's important for us to always be in the Word. We need to focus on our spiritual fitness. Because Paul goes on to say to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it. Paul described uh, his persecutions, his troubles that he faced as an apostle. Because of that downward spiral, the world wants less and less to do with God. They're going to attack the true preaching of God's word. Persecutions and troubles will always follow true preaching of God's word and true Christian living. Just look at Paul's ministry. Was everything smooth sailing? Was it a walk in the park for Paul? Not at all. He was beaten, he was stoned, he was thrown in prison, he was thrown out of synagogues and churches and even cities because he preached God's word. He didn't change his message. He didn't cater to what the people wanted to hear. He spoke the word of God faithfully. And that's how he was repaid. He was persecuted. He was thrown out. People didn't want to hear what Paul had to say. But because of that downward spiral, that's what happens. People want to have less and less to do with God's word. They don't want to have to listen to the true preaching of God's word. And so Paul was trying to warn Timothy about that. As, as Pastor mentioned, the book of 2 Timothy is Paul's last will and testament. He, he wanted to make sure to give Timothy some, some last bits of advice. You know, kind of give him an inheritance, if you will. And the one thing that Paul wanted Timothy to remember was the grace of God. Paul mentions his persecutions and his sufferings because the Lord delivered him from them all. They were proof that he was preaching God's word faithfully. And so Paul didn't want Timothy to just remember what kind of a man Paul was and, and remember him fondly when he was gone. He wanted Timothy to follow his example because Timothy knows all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. Paul wanted Timothy to follow Paul's example in all of those areas. Now, the, the nine verses before our message lesson for this morning, the first nine verses of 2 Timothy chapter 3 are a warning to Timothy about what he's going to experience, what he's going to have to face as a young pastor. So, in the first few verses, Paul lists, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, 
brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. So after that long list of things that Timothy is going to have to put up with, things that he's going to experience, the people with whom he's going to come into contact, and yet at the very end he says, have nothing to do with them. So those were the first nine verses of chapter 3. And then in verse 10, where our message lesson starts, Paul goes, you, however... So Paul is saying to Timothy, but you, on the other hand, Timothy, I want you to be different. Don't be like those people. Don't do what they do. This is how I want you to act as a young Christian man and also as a young Christian pastor. Paul wanted Timothy to be different than the world. And Paul wants you and I to be different as well. We're made different to make a difference. That's on our cards out in the, in the entryway there. And it's true. We have been made different because of what Jesus has done for us. The Holy Spirit brought us to faith in Jesus through God's Word. And now through that faith, we can live differently. We can act differently. Because Jesus has changed us. Sometimes it seems like it would just be easier if we followed the ways of the world, if we just gave in and stopped fighting and just went with the flow. But what's going to happen if we do follow the ways of the world? In our gospel lesson, at the very end, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, Wide is the gate and broad the road that leads to destruction, and many enter it. So what happens if we just go with the flow? What happens if we stop fighting, if we stop being different and just try to be like everyone else? We're going to be lost. We're going to be destroyed. We're going to be caught up in that downward spiral that leads to destruction. But we have been made different through faith in Jesus. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, because the Holy Spirit worked faith in our hearts, we can live differently. We can stand out because of what we believe in. Jesus has made us different. And so now, instead of following the world, instead of doing all the things that the world does, we have a different set of beliefs. We have a different way of living. Because our entire lives are acts of worship. Our life is a living sacrifice to God which is what we talked about last week. But how can our entire life be an act of worship, be a living sacrifice to God, if we only spend one hour a week in His Word? There are 168 hours in a week. And if we only spend one hour in God's Word every Sunday morning, that's about half a percent of the total time in a week. Is that going to keep us strong enough to fight against the devil, to fight against the world, to fight against our own sinful natures during the rest of the 167 hours in a week? 
We need to be in God's word so that we can fight against the devil, fight against the world, fight against our own sinful nature. And the more we are in God's word, the stronger our faith is going to become. And in order for us to be expert Christians, to be professional Christians, in order for us to function properly as members of God's body, Christ's body, and, and in order for the body itself to function like it's supposed to, we need to be in the one tool which helps us do that. And as Paul tells Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting and, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need to be in God's word on a daily basis. Not just one hour on Sunday, because we're constantly fighting that battle. Every single day we're fighting against the devil and the downward spiral of the world. We need to be prepared for every good work. We need to be strengthened by God's word every single day. Because how else are we going to be able to defend ourselves against all those things? We need to be in God's word. And that's where Bible study and prayer are immense helps to us. Personal Bible study and group Bible studies. If we spend time personally studying God's word every day throughout the week, we're able to dig deeper into God's word. We can have a greater appreciation for what Jesus has done for us personally. We can apply our devotions, to apply our daily Bible readings to our own lives in ways that maybe worship, it might lose something. We, we can only apply God's word so far in worship. But if we spend personal Bible study time and group Bible study time, we can ask questions. We can think about it more deeply. And then that prepares us for worship on Sunday morning. Personal Bible study, group Bible studies, enhance our worship. It, it complements the worship. Just like auxiliary exercises for weightlifting. We talk about worship as the core, the main exercise. If you think about it in, in workout terms or weightlifting terms, the bench press and the squat are the two most basic exercises that you can get. You can build an entire workout program around those two exercises, but you can't be completely physically fit with just those two. You need to add other exercises to work the different muscle groups of your body in ways that bench press and squat can't do. That's why Bible study and prayer are the perfect auxiliary exercises to worship. It enhances our worship. It makes it so much better for us and more beneficial because we have a deeper appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. And prayer is the perfect complement to Bible study. As Pastor mentioned, when we study God's Word, when we learn more about Him and, and think about what He's done for us, He's talking to us. And yet when we pray, that's our opportunity to talk to God. 
We can have a spiritual conversation with our Father in heaven. And that's an amazing relationship that we have. And it's an amazing way to strengthen our faith throughout the week. We can do that on a daily basis. So Bible study and prayer are able to strengthen our faith and add to our worship experience. The more we're in God's Word, the stronger our faith will be. You can think of your faith like a cup of tea. What's the difference between a, a strong cup of tea and a weak cup of tea? It's the longer you let the tea leaves steep in the water, right? The longer you let the tea stay in the water, the more tea goes into the water and the more water gets into the tea leaves. So the longer the steeping process, the stronger the tea is going to be. The same goes for our faith. The longer we steep ourselves in God's word, the stronger our faith is going to be. And the stronger our faith is, the more prepared, the more ready we're going to be for whatever the world has to throw at us during the week. Whatever problems, whatever persecutions arise, we'll be ready for them because we've been in God's word. Our faith is strong. So may God give us the strength and the courage and the time to focus on his word, not only this week, but every single week, so that our faith becomes stronger, just like that cup of tea. Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.